Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along to the Live Lounge. We're a Tuesday for a change because of the bank holiday here and in Germany, but we are still bringing you all the reaction of the last week of Dars. Myself, Bill Bars, Jack Garvin and Cameron Farland joined us today because Boise has gone to the football, gentlemen. Shocking behaviour. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What's he done that for? for a bloody wedding. No, no, if we cancelled the show yesterday just for him, that would have been for a wedding. Today, it's because he's watching that. Yeah. <laughs> he's come to watch that. <laughs> well, 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 Cam, the, last time, the last time we played, didn't you have a visit from Jar at half time? I did, yeah. He did leave at half time <laughs> and came round to my <laughs> flat. Um, because he had to wait until full time to give Boise a lift home. Has <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Jar gone tonight or not? Uh, no, I don't think he's there tonight. Oh, fair one. Um, can't make it up. Welcome along chat room as well. Like I said, we are here on a Tuesday today instead, just keeping you all up to date. But all the usuals are in as always. So welcome along. Just shared some links on social media. So if you could, be good to share them as well for us to make sure everyone is in. Um, DH is in and says, evening guys from Sweden. Welcome along, mate. Good to have you all involved. Uh, Henry is in as well. Rose, John, Colin, how are we all doing? Adrian, Matt, as always. Kieran, of course, Jim McEwen is in. One of our favourites. And little, little exclusive for you. Monday's show, we will have the Lakeside winner joining us live. Neil Duff will be on the show on Monday, gents. You say that like Cam's going to get excited for him, but he won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't oh, wait to say, the Lakeside winner, and Neil turn around and go, world champion, pal. No, yeah. but I will stick to my yeah, guns. Yeah. He is the Lakeside winner. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. <laughs> That's going to go well. Uh, to be fair, just, just as well as what Manchester went. We all saw the interview. We've got a clip coming up later, so 
<laughs> um, but it's it's all good. We've got a week to cover, and boys, there was plenty of darts um, to be going on with. Um, first of all, we'll do the sad and somber news. Obviously, Friday was was a tough day. Nigel Pearson lost his life very very suddenly. Um, very well recognisable voice, iconic with the sport, and just a general damn good guy. And then today, Mike Gregory sadly lost his battle. I'm guessing it was against um, dementia. I know he hadn't been well. Um, but, gents, just a, a very sad time for the sport the last few days. Truly terrible four-day period, isn't it? It's never great when you lose somebody, well, anybody, to be honest, but when they've been so important to the sport for, for so long in different ways. Mike is a fierce confessor, uh, former world champion, runner-up, the first man to ever win a PDC title when, when the PDC was first formed. Um, and obviously Nigel Pearson, a man who look, there's absolutely no way anything I say will ever be able to do some of the tributes to Nigel Pearson justice this week. Um, I never had the pleasure of meeting the man backstage. I never managed to cross paths with him despite being at, at various events, etc. But Honestly, just listening to to people that have made their start while around Nigel Pearson, Laura Woods in particular, about just how Nigel Pearson was the first to be in that position, who understood what it was like to be in that position and how so many people want to be in that position. And he was just open to give you advice and help to get there. You don't get that very often from people that effectively have your dream job. They want, they want to keep their job, but Nigel was so open with it, so helpful with so many in the industry. Um, there's, there's no way I can do either of them justice, I don't think. No, yeah, you summed it up there. Nigel had one of these such infectious personalities that you knew he was in the press room. Um, that laugh was unmistakable and he was just so warm, so welcoming to, to everyone in the press room. The, the press room is quite a tight-knit place. If there was someone new, he'd clock it straight away, but he'd go and say hello, he'd introduce himself. Um, and just generally one of life's damn good guys. And, yeah, look, it's just hard to believe that just over two weeks ago we were laughing and joking with him in Birmingham. And now it will never be in a, in a press room again. It's it's one of them that it's very hard to put into words. Um, and Mike Gregory, obviously, will be remembered for, for lots of different reasons. On the hockey, a two-time News of the World champion and I'm just putting it out there the same as I say about Bobby George winning that news of the world is as good as winning a world title back in the day for for me um and it'll also be remembered as also the the villain as, as well and I say that in very loose brackets because of the 16 that that split back in the day he was the first one to go back so we'll be remembered very very differently from a lot of people I know for those that have watched it, the Blood on the Carpet documentary is is very good. And you've got both sides. You've got his side. You've got Eric's side. It was Cam. And we remembered for lots of different reasons, Mike. Yeah, he will. And and that's it. And like you say, he's one of those names that it's, it's, it's just a bit mad how it happens, isn't it, that we've lost two huge names within the sport within, within a few days of each other and both people that going to be synonymous with a lot of darts fans and, and growing up watching the sport and listening to the sport and it's yeah it's just it's a really it's been a really sad week for the sport essentially 
like, and say the tributes that have been in today and that everything have just been been touching all around. So from us here at Online Darts as well, sending the best of the families of the Pearsons and the Gregorys at this tough time. But gentlemen, we, we move on because um, there's lots to cover. We're going to roll back. The Premier League was in Manchester. Cam, a record crowd at the AO Arena. Gob's just had his dinner delivered, as always. Um, but 12,000 12, in, in the AO Arena, and it was packed to the rafters. It was, yeah. It was... Um, I wasn't actually there, despite it being just round the corner, um, pretty much. Um, wasn't wasn't a trip that I made this year. Um, been quite a few times to the arena. It's always it's always bouncing in there. It's always you always get a cracking atmosphere. Sometimes boils over slightly, but to be expected after after the they get a few games in. But um, yeah, I think it was we saw a really good night. I actually thought it was probably the best night of action we've had in terms of actually the quality of the games we saw as well. To be fair. Um, yeah, no, look, it was it, it, it was a decent decent night, Gob. Um, we've got the thing, the stats up there. We'll we'll go through the games first of all. And Peter Wright struggling right now, Gob. There's there's just no consistency to, to Snake Bite's game. We'll we'll touch on it on the Euro Tour as well. That when it's going well, it is still very very good. But there's more of these. Low nineties averages creeping in right now. Yeah, there is, and he's, he's tinkering with equipment again. This isn't his happiest hunting ground of an event. Let, let's not forget that. What's he made the, the finals twice before? Um, so it's no surprise to see him chopping and changing. An event that requires you to be consistent is never ever going to suit Peter Wright. It's just not what he does. He's possibly the most beatable world number one the sports had in a very very long time phil taylor was an absolute machine van gerwin when he held that mantle was incredibly tough to beat peter wright is going to chuck you that performance far more often than the other names will have done in the past and like you said yeah both had no equipment until four all i think and then guess he decided to have a little bit of a chop change or two all um interesting new walk on as well as, as my anchor says in the chat room thoughts on katie perry gezi terrible um phil loves it because he's an absolute child uh, <laughs> I, stand, I stand by what i said on thursday night on on the fallout it's much better than ice ice baby it just is um yeah well, we'll do the walk on we'll do the walk on song first i agree i think it's better than ice ice baby because i don't think that is a very good walk on song at all however it does not suit gezi and Look, get, he, he's trying to do some very clever PR work at the moment and, and turn that image around, which is which is absolutely superb that he is trying not just to do it on the hockey, he's trying to do it off the hockey as well, which is, which is great. But, yeah, we're getting that. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're, if you're going to do that, then you need an absolute belter that the crowd are all going to sing along to. And Raw just yeah, isn't that. Was, that, that wasn't no. it. Um, uh, look, I get what he's trying to do. The other issue is that you can't go through all this work and then the first thing you do when you get an interview is slag off. The minute... He's done a lot of good things for the last couple of weeks. The minute a crowd go really bad again, he has to be very, very careful. 
because you can undo an awful lot of the work that you're putting in for these few weeks by one interview, given his history and whatever. The minute you open it up again, it's very, very tough. Kyrie Irving's doing something very, very similar in the NBA right now. Former Celtics player, battler in the playoffs, ends up flipping the bird off to the fans twice during game one. It's, you're just never going to have a love-love relationship, no matter how much you're like, oh, yeah, they should move on. And then 30 minutes into the game, you're swearing at fans. It's, it's just not going to happen, is it, if you let yourself get riled up by it? And doing a lot, a lot of good work, like you said, change that image a little bit in terms of get the fans on side for you. Whether or not that changes his demeanour on stage as well, with that a little bit, is, is yet to be seen. This week, does he box really clever and go with a huge Scottish anthem? I, I'm assuming he's sticking with this one now, and that's what it's going to be going forward. I don't think I didn't get the impression it was just a one-off that he was going with that. But the biggest thing for me was, all right, I get why he's gone with Raw because he he likes he likes to give it some when he's up there. We only heard one in the entire night from him the other day, and that was when he finally got over the line. <laughs> it's like so expecting him to come out and be roaring throughout the game. Yeah. Um, it, it was interesting. And just, just to touch on the darts, um, Lee from Red Dragon was actually there and I got a chance to, to speak to him. He said the dart that Gezi threw was very, very similar, but the grip at the front was more like a Johnny Clayton grip because it's something that Gezi quite liked the feel of. So the, the dart was the same dimensions and stuff like that, but it was a, a Johnny grip on the front. Well, yeah, the new darts and that new stem combination, you had Gerwin with new darts. Was there an adjustment Stems. to Clayton's darts? And there was an adjustment to Van Gogh's lights and stems? Clayton's was, Clayton's was the same. Um, Peter was Peter was delivered two sets of brand new darts, something that we'd never seen before, is what Lee said. Um, but he, he was under strict instructions that he could not use them in Manchester. So expect to see something new from Peter Wright in the next coming weeks. They were, they were delivered and Lee's words were, they are brand new, nothing we've seen before. Um, but also Peter did use a prototype version of the Mamba 2 dart because they were just plain, they had no colouring on. So they were a prototype that, that Lee had made at some point for him. Yeah, MBG used new flights and stems. So for some reason, Manchester turned into the Tinker Week. Well, five of the field are under Red Dragon or Wimmo in some capacity. <laughs> He's got his work out trying to do work for the top three players in the world all in the same week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Is that a negative towards the, the format in the fact that the best three players in the world have all gone, right, we're 10 weeks in, I need something different, I can afford to tinker again? Possibly, Yes. Um, and look, it, it kind of worked because, look, Gezi didn't play horrific with the new ones. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we see them again. Just needs maybe a little bit of time to get used to that new grip on them. So that wouldn't surprise me. Um, we'll come on to MBG in a minute, his new stems, but his averages certainly indicate that there's nothing wrong with those new stems that he's put in. Um, so... In terms of that, that's interesting. But as we say, Gerwin Price did get the job done in that one. Moving on, James Wade averaged a ton. He 
beating Jack, beating Gary Anderson six two, and this game all turned at two all. Cam Anderson did he miss three or four darts to go three two up, and from there James Wade never looked back. Yeah, I think that was it, wasn't it? I think it was. I can't remember what he missed now. I'm trying to trying to remember now off my head, but I think it was a. Was it a three-two? Actually, I think it was. Wade was three-two up, and it was to level. I, I know at one point that yeah, Gary missed was either three or four darts at a key yeah, moment. He missed and... a few, and from there it was kind of over with. And and we all know again, Wade averages a hundred. The way he finishes and hits shots at the right time, you're you're in a world of trouble. You're going to do have to do a lot to beat him at that point. So he was always up against it anyway with the way that Wade played, and you cannot miss opportunities against that man, as we all know. No, you should have known something was in the water when James Wade is averaging A, more than his opponent, and B, over the ton. Yeah. <laughs> when both That's of those things happen, it's about to go it's down. Not, it's not really a surprise, though. We've seen in the last couple of weeks Wade increasingly around that tunnel just over average. Like most of the field, he's still giving people an opportunity in a game, like in the semi final. It's whether you take that, but the, the, the James Wade average is increasingly in and around that ton mark more and more. It's, it's in around the, the, the mid to high 90s a lot more. I think the double percentage has been better than the average anything. In his last, what, three weeks before that, the closest he got was a 99. Everything else was 96 or below. So still not smashing the ton mark Premier League-wise. On the floor, we've seen no, it a bit more. Yes, I was going to say, on setting on the Pro Tour, we've seen it a, a lot more recently. Um, but the machine marches on. And then, this was the game of the night. Arguably, this is going to take some beating across the Premier League. Johnny Clayton, a 6-5 winner over Van Gerwen, Gob, And this was just a joy to watch. Both of them went at it, hammer and tong. And it was just a damn good game of darts at the AO Arena. Can't beat games like this. We've always said that, that a good you don't need ton plus average to, to make a good game, but when players are gonna play at the pace and rhythm that Clayton and Van Gerwen do, that and the overly over the top theatrics or antics, just get the red down and go, I think I'm a better dark player than you right now. That is where you get the best games. The ones that stick out in your memory. That Anderson Van Gerwen game in Dubai the other year when they just got on with it. And Johnny Clayton is another one that just plays that lovely rhythm. It's not too fast. It's not too slow. And when he learns to count and, and hits the targets, he's actually supposed to aim at. He's very, very good at darts. Uh, there was, over the last three or four days, there has been some prime ferret counting of the highest level, um, <laughs> especially on the Euro Tour at the weekend, which we'll come on to um, later on. But he certainly knows where that side camera is, doesn't he? The trademark Johnny Clayton pointers, we're now calling it. I want to start yeah, stealing it's... it for local league darts on a Wednesday. Just walk past and give it the bang. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing out the window, like. Yeah, just giving it the old, oi, oi. <laughs> um, but an absolute superb. Um, Johnny is in the chat room. How are we all doing? Um, yeah, I'm good. I'll see you on Friday, mate. We'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll have a laugh. And then in the last game of the quarterfinals, oh my God, this was spine tingling. 
and I'm disappointed that Sky didn't let it go another verse because the Manchester crowd were in full flow oasis when Joe was still at the stage and they obviously cut to Bully Boy but they couldn't let it go another verse cam but an absolute spine tingling walk on yeah I mean if there's one place that it's going to go well that walk on it's certainly at the AO and I think I'll be honest, I think they probably could have let it go on for about the rest of that album, probably, and it still would have been going. I think that's... Yeah. We could have been there all night. That's how... It was unbelievable that the reception he got, and I think he probably showed a little bit in the game that we got after that, that he, he may not have hit the heights we know he can hit, but he was kind of on top from the very moment that walk-on started to, to when he walked off the stage at the end at 6-2. Yeah, and look, Michael Smith had an absolute howler on the outer ring. None from 11 at one point, Cam, and that it was 6-2. But Smith had chances in this game. It was just the fact that he didn't take them. Yeah, and that was it. And he, he struggled up there. And I think, like, I, I certainly didn't expect it. I was expecting quite a good showing from him. Um, me and Gob the week before have both picked that he was going to win the week, which is probably why he struggles so much on the outer ring as much as anything, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I think that might have been... He was he was pretty much up against it straight away just off the back of what me and Gob had said. So. Yeah, so that was the quarterfinals. Uh, yes, Johnny, I am, mate. Um, so semi-finals. It was the Iceman against James Wade and Gob. As we said, this was the... The chance that James Wade gave the field with that only 93 average, but Gezi had a mare only averaging 90. And when you passed up the opportunity given by Wade, the writing's kind of on the wall at this point because he doesn't normally do it twice. That that was the one opportunity not taken. If Gezi had scored the way we know he can, then yeah, 100%. But Wade is still at 54% there, 93 average. That's, that's that's how James Wade's made a living in this sport, isn't it? It's just slightly better than you. You miss, I hit, and he was just... He just did what he needed to do. And he seems to have Gerwin Price's number right now. Last year in the Premier League, it was yeah. Michael Van Gerwin's. This year, James Wade just seems to know how to beat Gerwin Price on the Premier League stage. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, and look, the world number... Is he five or four at the moment? Because he keeps alternating with Michael Smith. Um, still five. I think he's five uh, at the moment. I think it's thirteen grand beyond Smith. Yeah, I know they keep flip flopping at the moment, but the world number five marches on. The second one was one of those games that you look at it. Johnny Clayton did everything right apart from winning the game. Cullen's won it 6-3, and look, he missed a couple of doubles. He still averaged nearly 102 cam missing doubles, but it was one that, that Cullen j- just seemed to hang on and nick legs when he shouldn't have done. Yeah, it was a little bit, wasn't it? I mean, you look at the stats there and you're expecting... There's not often Johnny loses when he plays to that sort of standard. Um, but Joe just kind of... It's a bit of a bit of waiting from him, if anything. It just hit the right shots at the right time, and without being spectacular, just got the job done. Oh, completely. Um, really was one of one of them. Clayton fouls out, Cullen marches on. And again, God, the, the, the final, 
James Wade, but he's averaging 106. You know, one, he's scoring well, and two, the doubles are on point. But considering the golfing averages, Cullen made this tough work for the machine. Yeah, it sounds weird saying this, knowing that Joe Cullen has won a night in the Premier League. He's clung on, etc. He's won games earlier on. This loss is probably the most... It's probably his best performance in the Premier League campaign so far. To, to stay yeah. close to James Wade in the way that he did, when Wade's 45% on the doubles, aver- uh, 66% on the doubles, sorry, and averaging 105, it's just 140, 140, 140, just coming at you constantly. To stay that close and, and be in a deciding leg is, is possibly Joe Collins' best performance of the tournament so far, I think. Winning it, fair play, did that. But his, his best average that night was 92. He took chances wherever he gave it, but it wasn't really that extra level, I thought, if anybody responded or, or needed it that evening. That night, he was superb. Yeah. I'm not sure about the Wadey dab, though. No, I was just thinking that. Um, <laughs> it's, it just doesn't look quite right, does it? It's interesting. Could we kind of edit it as well? Because the way he's pointing there is just pointing straight at you as if it's your turn to speak. Could we just edit this so it goes between us every time one of us is next up? <laughs> the, the little gif going, your turn. Um, before yeah. we move on, uh, Rob Owen is in the chat room. Hope you are well, mate. Don't worry, we've got some pictures of you teed up for later in the show as well. Spoiler alert. Um, again, when, when you look at that on paper, Gov, 6262, especially Gary Anderson, Peter Wright only dropped four legs. You know that's um that's going all right. Yeah, look, this win overall has been a long time coming for James Wade in this Premier League campaign. He's arguably been the most consistent performer over the last three or four weeks. This is this has been building up. He's made finals, not quite delivered there, but he's consistently getting out of that first round, which a lot of these other guys are struggling or failing to do. It's only really when he's been running out of steam at the back end of the night that it's been an issue for James. And to to, to get over the line, to win one now, genuinely could go on and win another couple as well. We had this conversation at the start of the season about would all eight go on to win one. And Wadey was one that we thought perhaps not. He wasn't in great form when his Premier League campaign started. He, He certainly looks to have turned that round a lot. Gary's obviously pinched one. Collins got one as well, which I know we're talking about James Wade here, but that is the worst possible outcome for fans of Michael Smith. The amount of pressure that there is on Michael Smith to win a televised title, to be the last one in the Premier League where there is a weekly title going on. Granted, not the same, but just every night matters. 10 grand, here's a winner. It's a big deal for everybody. Being the last one of this eight, to get over the line if it's going to happen in this campaign is the worst possible scenario for Michael Smith. I agree. Um, you kind of keep forgetting that there is an actual league table going on as well because we just remember who won the night and, and everything like that. Right now, there are gaps developing in this table, Cam. Yeah. There are, aren't there, a little bit. Um, and the one that would probably hasn't been helped by missing a win, but that's probably a little bit more surprising struggling is 
Gezi's got quite a gap now. He's seven points behind that top four now. And the players at the bottom of it, I know he beat Peter Wright this week, but that's a lot to make up, especially when he's got not a great leg difference either in comparison with with the kind of the people above him, obviously. Van Gogh's leg difference is a bit of an anomaly in the fact that he's so far ahead of everyone else, but even just the seven legs to right and then a couple of other like Wade on the same same score as right there, but another extra leg as well. He's in a bit of bother at the moment if he wants to be making the finals. Well, I was about to say, I think why, Joe... On... Go on, Joe. I'm just not sure why we're surprised. Granted, he is the former world champion and was world number one entering this campaign. And yes, he's had his injury, but he has never, ever enjoyed the Premier League at all. His biggest success came in a venue with no crowd. And now you're asking him to go and play in front of more people every single week in an event that he's historically not great at with an injury as well, which which obviously hasn't helped. Um, the old Premier League format, I agree with. But the, the new format is pretty much the same as a Euro Tour, where he has had great success. Same as the last day, yeah. That, that's what I mean. And, he, and he's won plenty of them. And look, the form we saw in Belfast was genuinely unreal. But yeah, like we say, hampered by the injury. We'll come on to Gazi a bit more when we talk about the, the Euro Tour. Um, but I was going to say, out of them all, I think Joe Cullen is still within touching distance that he may not have to win another night. There's a couple of semi-finals and that he may clock enough points up because Wade and Wright are only on 18. But anyone else below that, Gezi, Michael and Gary, they need to win another night or a first night, and arguably then even make a final as well. Yeah, I'd say at least, to be fair, I think certainly going to have to win one, um, possibly. You look at, at Gary and Michael Smith, I think you're probably going to have to win two nights if you're going to make it. At least. Yeah. They're, they're 10 points behind Peter Wright. That is your 10 for winning two nights in what is only six weeks remaining. And if Peter Wright yeah. is one of your opponents in that final, that gap gets further away every single time. I think yeah. another week without points or early losses for Michael Smith and Gary Anderson, and we can pretty much rule them out of making it. Not mathematically, but in terms of chances, form, etc., it would take something well, really, really special if they were to go pointless this week. I think for Gary, the next two out of the next three weeks are huge. Aberdeen... And Glasgow, if he doesn't get points in them when he will have a huge, huge support base, if he doesn't get points in them, then I think that it's as good as done. The problem with that is, though, he plays Johnny Clayton in Aberdeen and he plays Peter Wright in Glasgow. I didn't say it was easy, I'm but... Sure. What are you going to get against in the only other spot in the field? Mind you, that, I'm surprised... Peter Wright's not the one draw right now. Yeah, I was about to say. But I was surprised those fixtures weren't moved because originally, when it was scheduled, it was meant to be Gary Anderson against Gerwin Price in Glasgow because there's no way 
they'd want two Scots playing each other in round one. It'd be like putting Clayton against Price in Cardiff. But because Berlin was moved, the fixtures all dropped one. And that's how it's ended up. Because originally, it was the, the Lions den, so to speak, that Kezi was going to have to play Gary in Glasgow. Well, the cynic in me says that they deserve it after the rest of what they've done with these fixtures. So, <laughs> in fairness, though, it works both ways as well. It guarantees them a Scott into the into the semi-finals as well to keep people interested as well. But Shawnee Mac is in the chat room. Hope you are good, buddy. Um, you had a nice patch on your shirt of the world, as always. Um, he said the best best Premier League venue coming up. I'm going to throw it out there. The old gas and oil arena was better than the P&J. It may not, it may not be as fancy, may not be as new, but the atmosphere was better in the old one. I'll get that. So get the chat room like you've never given that opinion before. You say that every bloody week. That's because <laughs> I'm right. Um, <laughs> before, before we go, we have some words of wisdom. From James Wade in Manchester. It's the same as every dark player. Every, if every dark player plays their best game, they're average 120, 125. But it doesn't happen, you know? I, I feel that the game's focused by certain people at, on certain players, you know? And um, if it was focused by certain people on certain players on games, you know, we would all shine, wouldn't we, like a star? I'm trying as hard as anyone, probably harder than most people. Um, and, um, and I believe that I'm here for a reason. So, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but, but dreading it at the same time, which is, I've always done that my whole dark career. What are you doing from Manchester, boys? What's that? There was a big, like, edit where he was looking straight and then all of a sudden he's looking to the side. What happened to the rest of it? It's on our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at, least he looks, at least he looks really focused on the interview and he's not not massively distracted while he's going on. Um, when he turns away, I like what he said, though, that he genuinely thinks he's one of the best and he's there for a reason. And that's not something we hear come out of the mouth of James Wade very often. Yeah. No, it's usually the opposite. Oh, no, he usually says that sort of thing when he's not got the call. Yeah. Normally, you tell him that and he goes, no, I'm not. This time, he's telling us, which is good. There might be a slight shift in that mentality in coming. Because once again, obviously, as Twitter does over the last week or so, there's been debates on top five, top ten of all time. Where does Peter Wright rank? And where would James Wade drop in? Would he worry to go on and win a world title? Enormous is. Oh, um. oh, look, in my opinion, there is a genuine case he's in the top five without one. Close. Well, I, I genuinely think there's a, there's a genuine case that he is one of the best top five of all time without winning a world title. It's it's a it's a difficult case to make when you consider the names that you'd have to put him above. I agree, but there's that, but there's a, there's a case to argue. Yeah, there is a case to argue yeah, with the longevity, 
especially being a left-hander, he's, he's got to be one of the greatest left-handers to ever play the game. Yeah, first or second. Yeah. I can't think much more. I know Webby won a world title, but with all due respect, I think James Wade's a better dark player than, than Mark Webster. All right, Johnny, that was the clip that went out on Twitter, mate. I, all I did was download it from the, from the Twitter file. <laughs> um, uh, Sean, right. he's not finished yet. What is he? 37, 38. I think Wadey's 38. So if he wants it, he's got another what? By recent standards, 12. Simon Whitlock's 51. Gary Anderson just turned 50. Peter Wright's 50. He's got another 12 or so years if he wants it. What's more staggering, That's by the way, is that Wayne Marder's only 48. Colin Lloyd is 48. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's mainly it's, it's the world championship format that you you just don't know with him. If he not left the stage, different. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, and I'll and I'll argue that again. That point until the cows come home. That during Wingate, if he hadn't have walked off, James Wade would have won at least one world title. Yeah, at least. And that's why I say at least, because once you've won one, then your mentality changes because you are the the, the best. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I completely agree that if he hadn't have gone off against Lewis, because at that point, Lewis's head had gone absolutely fried. Not for the first um, time either. No. Um, but moving on. From there, we had a, a strange Euro tour. What didn't happen on Friday because of the bank holiday in Germany. Um, so we started a day later. Um, thank you very much to the PDC boys for the graphics as always. Um, we're not going to do every first round game, boys. We'll just pick out one one or two. And I know, Gob, you had a, an issue about this on the Pro Tour. How was there a buy again? I can't remember. I genuinely can't remember how this one came about. Obviously, Gezi withdraws as a seed later on as well. It's just yeah, there, was, there was a there was a there was a buy in, in round one. The evil yeah. Carol Sedlicek got the buy, which obviously means someone hasn't travelled or they got Rona or something. Yeah, I'm not. I sure just don't I get why they don't have somebody as a reserve, even for all these events. Yeah, you just get a reserve fee. What, what what's the first yeah. round money? You half whatever the first round money is to be an unused reserve. And expenses, yeah. I think. As yeah. a prize money and cover your, your travel, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Um, um, 1500 for first round. So, yeah, if you went 750 plus your expenses to, to be a reserve. Yeah. Probably funny. There's a PDPA for that. Get them paying for it. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what as well. For me, round one, Keegan Brown being Adam Hunt set the tone for what was a fabulous weekend for, for Keegan Brown. That we all know the job he does over the last two years. It's been virtually impossible 
for him to practice working in the NHS. But now we're seeing the real Keegan Brown again, Cam. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was great in this one. Um, well, all weekend, and I think it was huge for him as well because we know he's sat at sixty-four. I think in the world right now, he needs a big year if he's yeah. going to if he's going to keep his toe card. And I think it was a real big weekend for him in terms of that. I tell you, the, the one I was really impressed with out of the first round that I would have picked out as my type, Wesley Blazier was a bit good this weekend as well, wasn't he? Oh, completely. Yeah, he um. He played some great stuff. Um, which was which was superb. We'll come on to him more in a minute. Obviously, Danny Baggish, the first American to play on the European tour that he won, wasn't convincing. He won't win many games with a 78 average goal, but I'm sure he'll take it. Get the big W. Them the rules, aren't they? Get the big W yeah. and be done with it. All that matters. Yeah, completely. Um, again, Martin Lukeman, spoiler alert, he started again with a good win against Adam Gowlas. The last time I'm going to talk about him. But there weren't, weren't too many surprises. Oh, no, not a surprise, but naff draw for both. This is the best I've seen Jeffrey Desjuan look for a long, long time. The throw looks good again. Um, it was a very, very solid 95 average to beat Vincent van der Voort. Encouraging for the Black Cobra. And again, in what is a huge year for him. Obviously, no coincidence that Barney started to look a little bit sharp and they're known to be practice partners. Yeah. Agreed. Putting in um, together. Yeah. Moving on to the Sunday. Get me, me days ran the right way. Um, Martin Lukeman, again, Gabriel Clements out of sorts, only averaging 77. Um, Smash absolutely romped it. Um, just looking at Dan Ryan's third average a ton. Again, Scott Waite's got. Beating Peter Wright, Peter Wright again around that 91 average. We spoke about it, that is Premier League. It's um it's not quite there for a stakey at the moment. No, it's not. Look, that's the inconsistencies that we've we've said about his game. He's got weights though, he's starting to pick up a lot more of those W's we just mentioned. He's starting to look that little bit more competitive. We've seen him have a couple of runs pro tours the last few weeks. That beard is to be feared once again. Yeah. What a beard it is as well. It's a fabulous beard. Um, again, this was a really good one. Cam, Damon Hetter doing business, being Raymond Van Barnabas 6-4. The scoreline is closer than what the game was. Yeah, I think I think it didn't really do heads of justice this one, did it? He he played some really good stuff again. Um it was just yeah, he was, he looked he looked really good throughout and I think the same again we saw sort of Van Gerwen against Dolby again, another absolute cracker as well that we had. 
Yeah. Dimitri Vandenberg. Question marks around the dream maker at the moment. I know he's obviously been through a lot this year, fatherhood and, and whatever. And not quite adjusting yet, Cam, either. Again, a, a sub-performance from, from Dimitri. Yeah, it's, it's been a little while since we've seen a lot from him yet. And like I say, it's, it is a big adjustment and, and his practice time is probably down. His focus is probably, probably down a little bit in terms of the fact that he's got, he's got a lot else going on. And he's like you say, it's, it takes a lot of adjusting to. But he is struggling at the moment and he needs to turn it around a little bit. Agreed. Um scrolling through Callan Riggs again it's not quite happening for Cal at the moment is it God the, the right not quite firing we saw glimpses at, at the pro tour of him edging back towards his best but not quite there yet yeah and he's not the first youngster to make that little bit of a breakthrough and then struggle to back it up we see Dimmy's first little breakthrough um, we saw it with Dirk van Dijvenboda We've also seen him with Callum Ritz. And a top, top game is still very, very good. But it's finding that consistency and that motivation to keep progressing that B game and, and below and beyond. And, and that's what Callum needs to be doing right now. His A game still very, very good, more than capable. Saw that run at Pro Tour very, very recently. But, yeah, B game and, and below at the minute. If, it, it's everything or nothing right now. And he needs to find a way to stop that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, obviously, Gerwin Price got a buy, so Keen Barry went through. But again, another good weekend for Keen Barry, picking up money on the race for the match play and trying to get into that upper echelons of, of the ranking as well, Cam. Yeah, it is. it's another another week where, like you say, yes, he got a little bit of a little bit of a helping hand there by getting getting the buy when Gezi pulled out. But like you say, it's consistently picking up money now and getting himself into that position where he's going to get himself in, in the match play, in bigger events, and give him that chance to then, because we know he's got the game to, to give anyone a run, so once he gets in those big events, that's when he can really start kicking on and moving up the rankings. Gob as well. Chris Doby, Michael Van Gerwen. This very much reminds me of Gezi Price, Michael Van Gerwen, a few years ago, that he gets in a position but he needs to get over the line. Missed two match starts. Don't get me wrong. It was a very good game, but needs that, needs something, needs to find a way to beat him once. Completely agree. Look, Chris Davey was arguably one of the most informed art players in the world last year in terms of level of performance, constantly over the ton mark. He just produced games that were ridiculously good and often found ways to lose them against various opponents the amount of times he was averaging 105 last year and, and losing games or his opponent would raise it to that level was ridiculous and i think that took its toll on him a little bit coming into the start yeah. of this year when you played so well literally you ask just if he can play much better than he did the first six months last year and he'll probably turn around and tell you no but there will be a time when he when he gets over that line not playing as well and i think that's where he needs to go now he's just waiting for that moment he needs to grasp it next time it comes around and I think we'll just see a different level from Chris though, because his A game is genuinely one of the best in the world. Completely. Moving on to the final day 
and there we have it. It was played in draw bracket order, and Martin Lukman, this was a superb, superb weekend for him, boys. Um, we'll come on to that more in a minute. But to beat Keane Barry in a last leg decider, the averages weren't the best, but it sets up his weekend and got him, got him into the quarterfinals. Is it me or Cam? Don't, I didn't say anything I said either. I was looking at Cam then. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Go on then, I'll go then. Uh, yeah, it was. It was that that last leg, just getting him over the line and getting him in, like you say, into the quarterfinals. It just gave him that chance, and and he, without getting too far ahead of us, he, he took his chance there as well, didn't he? And ran on a little bit from there. Yeah, then Martin Schindler produced something just remarkable. Um, 6-1 win over Ryan Searle, um, averaging 109 in the afternoon session. Absolutely unreal, Gob. It is indeed. It's also not on screen, which I was very confused about where we currently Yeah, no, they, 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 there wasn't one for the afternoon one, so it was just that one. But boys, I'm just going to answer my door. I'll let you talk about this one back in eight seconds. Oh, yeah, Schindler was absolutely unbelievable in this one. It was like, he just didn't give Searle a chance. Schindler's A game right now is, is very much up there with the best players in the world. We're starting to see it that little bit more often as well. That adjustment he made to his throw since he's got back on tour, and since picking up his tour card again, Martin Schindler looks a completely different player second time round, and he's not the first one to have dropped off, had to go away, come back, and rebuild. And it's weird to see that pattern emerging rather than players being on the pro tour constantly, just about surviving and, and doing whatever. Just that time for Schindler to go away, adjust, rebuild, go again, has turned him into the dark player that he always could have been. And there's very much a conversation right now to be had about Martin Schindler being the best German dart player in the sport. At times last year, we yeah. spoke about Florian Hempel. That, that mantle has been levelled on Max Hart. Gabriel Clemens is still the one that the rankings will suggest that. But in terms of level of performance and consistency, Martin Schindler is the best German dart player right now. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think if he carries on carries this on as well, this level of form. And it says a lot about the character as well, the fact that it would be it's very easy to fall out of the top sixty four, lose your tour card and have to go away and, and not come back. We've seen it before and we've seen it again, the fact that at that point you've you're trying to get yourself back there, but you've also got to try and make sure you've got you're making some money at the same time. Lots of people fall away and don't come back. The fact that he's come back like he has and gone the way he has from there to come back looking better than ever. He keeps his form up. Like you say, he, he will be the German number one probably within within not too long if he carries on the way he's playing. What do you think? Dirk did something very, very similar and in that following year went on to make that Grand Prix final. We've seen Dimmy build on his action and just have that absolute explosion out of nowhere wouldn't put it past Martin Schindler right now to go and do something similar? 
Agreed. Um, then Johnny Clayton whops Matt Cott 6-1. And then a bit of a frosty one, Keegan Brown against Madders Rasmo. There was a frosty handshake and Keegan Brown said he enjoyed that one after his opponent did everything to put him off like a little bit of salt. I was I was surprised at that, given the way that Madars approached his other games on social media. Saying that he thought Kim played too quick for him, he thought Jose definitely played too slow for him. So to then go to that level against Keegan, I was a little <laughs> bit like, you've been moaning about pace of your two opponents for your first two games so far, and now it's on you a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I love the I love the too fast, too slow. Like, how do you want it? Like, it has to be one exact, certain, steady pace. Otherwise, you can't play well. Yeah, you know they are those in glass houses. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not exactly uh, the quickest in the world himself, is he? No. That is nine dart on the proto and he's stepping back all over the shop. Yeah. It was it was funny. Um but uh MBT beating Rob Cross again, good from both. And I'm not sure if you heard the commentary for this game regarding Rob Cross. I I'm guessing I not. Had it on mute for the most part, so I didn't. I didn't I hear a lot of the Sheffield, So, Dan Dawson said, having spoken to Rob, he was obviously cheesed off not being in the Premier League, which is which is understandable. Um, but he's going to use it as a positive. However, next year, if he is offered any invitational events, he is going to turn them down. Why? Yeah, that's a... just I think he wants to spend time at home and, and whatever, and he's just like, there you go. And Dan said, "Are you sure? Are you not leading us on here?" And Rob was that serious. There is a hundred pound wager that he will turn it down with Dan Dawson. I mean, yeah. So, and Dan, um, Dan laid the scenario to him as well. So, if you win the World Championship or the match play, you are going to turn the Premier League down. He said, yes. Now, I can't see the powers that be, Eddie, Matt and Barry, being overly pleased if their World Champion or second biggest ranking TV title winner turned down the Premier League or World Series. It's not going to sit well, is it? No, I can't. I also can't really see it happening. I'm not sure that wager is going to be enough to for him not to U-turn on it either, to be honest. I think if he's, if he's in that position, he might be all right for it. The more surprising thing is that he's okay with this information being public this early in the year. Yeah, because we've seen it with other players. When when you speak out at times, you are perhaps punished for it a little bit. 
uh, well, I suppose that is in non-ranked invite events. So that's the only way it it's can be. Gonna... Yeah. Be interesting. Do you know what? It sort of needs somebody for that little bit of a shake-up as well to go, do you know what? The world champion and, and whatever is then turning down the Premier League. It's a little bit of a drumming down that perhaps the event needs. Well, call me a cynic. But You're a cynic. You're a cynic. <laughs> didn't, Adrian, didn't Adrian Lewis turn down the World Series a few years ago? And I don't think he's been picked since. We've heard the likes of Michael Smith speak out and, and not be in Premier League or, or World Series for a couple of events following. Yeah. But there's a, there's a big difference between, Adrian, would you like us to send you halfway around the world to perhaps Hong... Uh, where was it? Hong Hong? Hong Kong? Australia, Australia and New Zealand. Australia and New Zealand. Look, two, three weeks in Australia and New Zealand. Lovely, but it's not for everybody. Especially if you've done it already. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a difference between that and turning down 16 weeks of the Premier League around the UK and the odd night in Germany and Holland. Oh, I'd love to see it. It'd certainly, it'd certainly be interesting. It'd be make, make for a fantastic little debate if it does happen. That would be unreal. Um, Kevin Keegan. I would love it. Love it if that happens. Love it. Um, but that that was that one. Um, moving on to, to the evening session, the quarterfinals. This is where it all got business, the business end of, of the Euro Tour. Um, Martin Lukman. Edges out Martin Schindler 6-4 again. Both high, high averages. 98-96 respectively. That's good darts, Cam. Yeah, another really good game. And and it, one that could conceivably have kind of gone either way. And another cracking result for Lukeman, who looks to be in some real good form right now. And he sort of transferring it and beating people in, in important games now. Because... Quarterfinals of a Euro Tour is going to make a big difference, and I think make a give him a real good shout at getting getting into the match play and and moving on from there. If he's not already done that after this weekend, to be fair. Well, he's pretty much. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Club will work it out whether he's in the match play. <laughs> it's, it's not far. It's it's, cer- it's certainly not far off. Um, we were having a little look at it and discussion about it over the weekend, but it's. He's very close if he's not already there already, depending on how yeah. how things go the rest of the rest of the Euro Tour is an excess rubble. Um, yeah, huge, huge for him to... and looked like he was loving it up there as well. We saw the saw the belly out a few times. There's yeah. a bit of it on social media as well that was shared where he's coming back up, bags in hand, belly out. <laughs> yeah. Um and then Damon Hetter beating Johnny Clayton in a last leg decider gob. And this was a funny game. Hetter raced into a huge lead. Clayton roared back and then having the darts fluff his lines in the deciding leg. Heard that storyline before, haven't we? Uh, but yeah, like you said, exactly as you went. Damon Hetter is <clears throat> possibly one of the most informed players in the world right now. You'd certainly put him in the top 10 given 
recent floor performances, and it's almost, I almost think it's a little bit of a shame when a player goes on this sort of run at this time of year, because there is such a big gap for everybody else between the UK Open and the match play. Yes, we've got Euro Tours back. Yes, we've got Pro Tours, but you can do real damage on those TV events if you're in the form that, that Damon Hetta is and has been in. And the fact he's still two and a half months away from the match play and whatever else follows after that is a little bit of a shame to have hit your purple patch right now. Unless this is a new level we're going to consistently see from Damon Hetter. If it is, expect him to be in that top 16, top 10 in absolutely no time. Agreed. Fully agree. MBG um, swept aside Keegan Brown. It was the end of the road for the needle. But like we said earlier, a very good weekend for Keegan Brown. And then Luke Humphreys beating Wesley Placia in a last leg decider again. Placia averaging 99 cam and a very good weekend for the Dutchman. Yeah, I thought it was, it was fantastic all weekend. Um, I think this 99 against Humphreys were got very close in this game as well. I can't remember how far away he was in that final leg. I don't think he got a dart, but he was certainly sat on sat on a double, I think, when Luke took this out as well. He was... Um, yeah, he, he looked really good. Um, and I think this wasn't even his highest average of the weekend either. I think he chucked in 104 at one point as well. Really yeah, impressive, but Luke did well to get rid of him. Yeah, completely... And then the semi-finals. Martin Lukeman causing the upset in semi-final one. Got beating Damon Hetter 7-5. Lukeman got himself in front and looked comfortable. Seemed to be the story of his weekend, that. Get himself in front. You see it against Schindler. Schindler reels off back-to-back 11 dart legs against him as well at one point. We didn't mention that earlier. Um, to get himself back from 5-2 uh, to 5-4 or something like that. Um, just just solid and excellent front runner. Doesn't quite go to plan in the final, obviously, but yeah, solid, solid performance. 50% on the doubles, 92 average. Tough to beat. Two Tom Pluses as well. See, that Tom Plus column seems to be pretty good for him throughout the week. And when you're pinching those 90 to 130 odd checkouts, those treble single double or treble single ball combinations that we normally associate with the likes of James Wade. If you're picking up a couple of those in your matches, just takes the pressure off some of those legs, doesn't it? You just sneak a hold when perhaps you shouldn't have done or you just chuck the pressure straight back on your opponent. You just seem to have a run of those throughout the weekend as well. Superb. And then second semi-final cam, a day that Luke Humphreys will never, ever forget whitewashes mvg 7-0 and apart from the last leg where his average tumbled to a mere 107 he was up around the 114 for most of that game that is elite level world class arrow slinging yeah to to play someone like van Gerwen and give him one dart at a double over seven legs uh, just not even let him in the game whatsoever was just absolutely unbelievable for Humphreys. This performance was, I mean, he's never going to forget this day anyway, with it being obviously without getting into the final, but he and getting his sort of first win. But it was 
it was just magic. You went 15, 15, 14, 12, 11, 11. And then I think it was 16 to finish it off, or 17 to finish it off. With a bit of faffing around at the end of that leg as well. It wasn't even like it was a, a poor leg. He just had a couple of misses on the doubles at the end. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in terms of dispatching MVG with that level of dominance where he's not even in it at all. Well, no, he had, I think, one dart to make it one all. Yeah. And then from there, it was just unbelievable. Spoiler alert, we've seen it all over social media, but Luke Humphreys, the year 2022 is developing, and he said it in his post-match, I've won a chat, I've won a pro tour, I've won a Euro tour, we all know what's next. And right now, Gob, he looks the most likely to break through and, and go and win one of the TV events outside your usual suspects. Possibly. We've seen him go close before that UK Open once again against James Wade and various other little runs in there. Still, I don't know. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I, I'm a little bit... He wants an awful lot right now. If that makes sense. When he was World Youth Champion, he was very vocal about being invited to various events and thinking that being World Youth Champion should get you into more opportunities. Earlier last year, saying, I want to be in the Premier League after nobody had really stuck their hand up. Rob Cross was European champion at the time. And obviously now going, you know what's next. That's an awful lot of pressure to put on yourself. Everybody else that you see go on and win their first TV title is a little bit like, didn't expect this, been playing well, you knew you might get opportunities. Obviously you're here to win, but et cetera, et cetera. Look, it's lovely to see players have that confidence, but it can also go the opposite direction. Yeah, it could. I, I I like it though. I'm not. I I like that brashness. And he was like, "Look, I've got the game. We all know what's next." It's it's the, the stepping stone that. In in relation, Rob Cross has never won a Euro Tour event. I know he's won TV events, but. He's obviously sidestepped this one. So, at least Humphreys is going through the levels. Yeah, that's it. And I think we've seen him, we've seen him, like I say, he's won a, he's won a Pro Tour, he's won a Euro Tour now. We've seen him in a major final already as well. He's, he, it is the next step for him. And he's certainly got the game for it. He certainly can do it. I don't know if, I don't know whether this was just me watching it on Sunday. He seemed a little bit more pumped up and a bit more, when he won, the celebrations we saw from him, especially, I think, the quarterfinal, possibly, against against Blazier, he properly gave it some when he came through that. Um, I don't yeah. know, there's just a little switch in mindset there as well, as where he's, he's really up for it, it looks, and he's clearly working for him. And, yeah, I would not be surprised to see him win something this year. So that was that. Also, some other stories from the Euro Tour. This man, Martin Lukeman, has arrived. We've seen some brilliant performances on the Pro Tour, but took it to another level getting to this final. And he's on course to be in a lot of things, Gob, if he carries on this format. 
It is, and another that just takes his time to get used to being in the professional circuit and the way the game goes. And he said that a lot over the weekend as well. The PDC and the touring nature of it is so unlike anything else that is out there for darts. You can't really go and prepare yourself for it massively. Look, the Challenge Tour exists, the Development Tour exists. The step up between them and the Pro Tour is significant in terms of volume of events, in terms of quality, in terms of traveling as, as well. And taking his time to get used to it, put a solid platform down last year, and is now one that is needs to make the most of this spurt and, and keep it up at this level. And, and that's where a lot of players will struggle, is can they keep it at the level they're producing? I said it about Damon Hetter earlier, about having his purple patch of possibly the worst time in the year. You've got this, not lull, because it is very pro tour, Euro tour heavy, so you can build your rankings up and make sure you're in everything for the back end of the year. But there's absolutely no point being in the Grand, grand Slam and the Grand Prix if you're going to get beat first round because you're suddenly not playing very well. So you yeah, have to keep um, this level. Speaking of that, at the moment, Martin is 10th on the race for the Grand Prix, 9th on the race for the match play. So, super stuff from Martin Luke. And I know we spoke about him this one earlier as well, but Martin Schindler, right now, you wouldn't want him. He's, he's the floater in all these draws at the moment where he's, he's in everything pretty much because of the way the qualification is. In Euro Tours, you, you're going to get him early. And in these big TV tournaments that he's also looks like he's going to qualify for, you wouldn't want him in round one either, particularly, Cam. No, you certainly wouldn't, would you? Um, you wouldn't want him. You wouldn't want Lutman the way they're playing at the moment. And a lot of people could be could be in a bit of bother early on in tournaments. Yeah. Also, we spoke about this man during the Premier League bit as well, but the Iceman was forced to pull out with suspected tonsillitis, or that's that's what they, they thought it was. Um, job missing more events than he's playing at the moment due to injuries and, and illness. Bit of a concern right now. Yep. Some we perceive as self-inflicted, some not. There's a big difference between managing your schedule and being forced to take that time off. The hand injury was not ideal. I'll, I'll go through it in the face. I'll stick my neck out line and say it was a boxing injury, whether people like it or not. Because to not disclose the way that the accident happened and it just go a bit quiet on that, it's a boxing injury, wasn't it? And to be playing with a fractured... The thing is, he's definitely practicing on it. And part of me thinks he might have been sparring on it again because the only way you go and find out it's fractured after three weeks is if you go and do more damage to it or if you're perhaps sparring and going, actually, no, this is still hurting, the wrist ain't getting any better, it's here or there, right, we'll go and get it checked out. I might be jumping a, a, a lot there, but do you know what I mean? It's still a possibility. I definitely wouldn't put it past somebody who's determined as Gezi to, to do the things that he commits to. Um, but yeah, like I said, he, he is missing an awful lot on this. It's, it's the perfect time to be accumulating prize money where Peter Wright isn't quite at the top of his A game and there is still that ongoing battle for World Number One. Nobody's got anything dropping off at the minute. And when you get a chance at Euro Tour or Pro Tours at the minute, where Peter Wright isn't quite his brilliant best, okay, open the gap up at the Pro Tours again, not the last batch, the batch before that. 
but if you have aspirations of being world number one once again without finding yourself massively behind all of a sudden after your your big amounts of prize money start to drop off at the back end of the year again get yourself fit get yourself healthy and perhaps this is where when his hand injury did first come around should have gone right i'm taking a couple of weeks off i'm going to reset rest get myself fine get myself ready to go look you can't plan for tonsillitis or whatever else but i definitely think that when you're in a state where you're injured and whether it's easier to start picking up illnesses when you're not quite mentally strong at that same point. Yeah. So from there, it was champions week in the live league and stack attack. Robert Owen has finally got his hands on a winner's trophy. Been a long time in coming. He's been there or thereabouts, but, on Saturday night, he played some fabulous stuff. Had to be said, Adam Smith Neal with an average of over 102 for the night, lost in the semi-final. A blitz from Owen, averaged nearly 104 to beat him. Just super darts, boys. Yeah, a couple of things. I definitely want a knee brace. Dimmy won the match play with one. Rob's now won a, a online darts live league. Champions Week with one, just something about it. And two, if he turns a check the other way, it's taller than him, bless him. Uh, but yeah, superb darts. I actually was having a oh, look. Uh, no need to start on that. You look a bit like Cam. I've only just really noticed it. It's not. It's not. The it's not goes the same way. You're both about four foot four. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, look, superb night of darts. Can't lie, I was definitely having a look at Adam Smith Neil before the night started. Couldn't find it where I wanted it. Um, so I didn't, and, and glad I didn't in the end. Yeah, I thought you were still yeah. there, Rob. But I thought we'd get a reaction. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you've also made a lovely return to Twitter this week as well. Superb. Also, massive shout-out for Dan Reed, who has played so, so well across the, the the phase to get there and all of Champions Week. Um, again, it was it was a good final as well that, that went to the wire, Cam, and it's good good to see. And look, it's no coincidence that the people that play in this regularly go on and do good things. So it's, it's that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's good, top-quality competitive darts that... Is just giving people that that extra edge when it comes to anything else because they're playing week in week out and in these sort of battles where you aren't nobody's nicking a result in here. You're not getting anything without turning up and playing your best. So it's it's teaching that that level of composition and being in the right place for it mentally, physically, whatever it is, just to to make sure you're on your best. Otherwise, you'll be off home pretty quick. Obviously, a week off in the live league this week, but there is one name that makes their debut in phase three, which I am rather excited about. He took the UK Open by storm and he's travelling over from Poland. Sebastian Bilowetsky will make his live league debut in phase three. I like that. I'm a big I like fan. That. I like that a lot. Pays at a nice pace as well. Just get on with it. Yeah. 
Right, back to Premier League action. Night 11, and we roll to the PJ Arena in Aberdeen. Now, we know Hendo walk on this time around. It's just a straight shootout, boys. We know the drill by now. Let's. Uh, Robert says, bring him on. Like that, mate. Like that. Um, but first up, Johnny Clayton against Gary Anderson. And the ferret doesn't get booed too often, Gob. However, there might be one or two this week. Oh, boo, Johnny Clayton. Just too nice. <laughs> you just can't. Them the rules. All I'm saying fact, is... If they do, boo, Johnny Mack, it's on you, mate. I'm coming for you. You've got to keep that entire reader off Johnny Clayton's back. Look, be pro Gary. And actually, do you know what? <laughs> Let's rewind just a little bit. Considering the amount of stick that we've given crowds all over over the last, I don't know, three or four years now, to be honest, starting with the Euro Tour, focusing on the Euro Tour, it's crept into the English game an awful lot, etc. I didn't see all of it this weekend. I went to watch a snooker and, and whatever else. But I genuinely thought the bits I did see, the German crowd this weekend were very, very well behaved. Uh, yeah, no, they, they, they were. Um, it, it was it was good. Definitely, um, definitely haven't gone on the list of the last couple of events where you've had Philip on stage saying, cheer your man, don't boo the others. The odd moment, you get somebody whistling on a double, which is still idiotic. Absolutely despise that. I almost think that you shouldn't be allowed in the venue if you've had a bet because you're there. You can influence it. You can't really do that anywhere else. I can't go to the football and influence the result. But I can at the darts. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, chat room, get involved in the Premier League predictions this week. But you, you, you say you can't boo Johnny. They're the rules. Look, they went out the window when Steve Beaton got booed at Ali Pally. That everyone's then fair game. Yeah, anyone's booable now. <laughs> yeah, once once Beaton's been booed, anyone's booable. Yeah, I'll um, give it up. So, match one, where are we going? Look, I, for me, I think the ferret does a number on Gary Anderson in this one. There's absolutely yeah, uh... only one winner in this. Gary! No, I'm joking, it's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I, can't I can't remember what I predicted on, on Thursday night. This is always the worst bit of this show when I'm trying to remember what I said on Thursday. But um, <laughs> I... I I'm pretty sure I was in. I was in Johnny's camp. Um, I think he wins it comfortably as well. To be fair, yeah. I mean, you need to start writing these down, mate. I do everything else for the show. You got one job. Just tell us our prediction. <laughs> <laughs> right, I write both of ours down this week. Match, match two camp. Peter Wright against Joe Cullen, and I'm, and I'm guessing that this is a game where it's hard to predict, and it's a case of which version of both players. Turn up. This can either be fabulous, they're both on, very one sided either way if one's off and one's on, or if they're both off, it could be an absolute nightmare. Oh, it could be an absolute just dogfight scrap that <laughs> whoever somehow gets over the line on double one win, wins it. Uh, but I, I think we'll see a, I think we'll see a reasonable game. I thought. Saw Peter Wright play really, really well for five legs on 
on Thursday and I think he couldn't stay out of the treble 20 but then sort of fell off I think we see I think this might not be what I said uh, on Thursday either but I think we see Joe Cullen actually hit the right shots at the right time again like he did this week and um, probably beats him in a close one Go Snake bite wins Snakey wins um yeah, I, I'm with you. I, th- I think Peter Wright wins um, as well. Uh, match number three, James Wade against Michael Smith. Gob. Look, I, I think they'll probably both get booed as well in this one. Two Englishmen in Scotland. Yeah. There's, a, there's, there, 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 there's, a, there's a chance. Um, but on, on current form, hard to look past James Wade. It is. And look, like we said, Michael Smith needs to start Picking up wins, especially in the quarterfinal, even though it's just to start building confidence. You pick up a quarterfinal, you pick up a semi-final this week, semi-final next week, and then start looking at those finals you need. Yes, you're leaving it to the last minute. Start working your way back up that table, but you need to just start picking up wins as a basis. Tough against James Wade, but you've got Gary the following week, followed by Gezi, followed by Johnny Clayton. It, it doesn't get easier in the Premier League. It, it just stays at a ridiculous level, and he has to start finding a groove wasn't great last week um not lie a little bit of a pattern perhaps on his families at the venue that he doesn't seem to play as well extra pressure on himself maybe just a little bit um but i'm going wady next week are you agreeing cam yeah i can't see past him as much as i like michael smith and i'm always firmly in his corner and, and wanting to do well. I just cannot see it at the moment. I I keep thinking that this is going to be the week where he turns it around and and maybe he does just need that one scrappy win. We saw it with Cullen. Cullen couldn't buy a win and then went and won a night just by scrapping his way through one. But I can't see it. Not, not with how Wade's playing at the moment. He is the form player in this tournament right now. And I think he wins fairly comfortably. And like you said, a game where... They're probably both going to be get booed, and the probably half the audience will be hoping it ends at five all and no one wins. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Wadey edges it. I'm going to go six four to the machine, and then last up, the Iceman against Mighty Mike Cam. And again, you'd say on current form, MVG is his favourite. Where last time they met, arguably, Price was favourite. Yeah, I think, yeah, like you say, MVG's got to be favourite right now. I Last week, sort of, when we saw the new equipment from, from MVG, the new stems and flights, I thought for the first few legs, until the two big finishes went, well, even after the two big finishes, didn't think the darts were going in particularly well. They were kind of all over the place and at different angles and deflecting off each other. But he's still managing to throw ridiculous averages while while they're doing that. And I just don't think Gessie's quite there at the moment. I think we're seeing improvements. We're seeing him get a little bit better, but it's he's not at that level yet. And the missing out on practice again this weekend by having to pull out, I don't think helps him either. So I think we see... CMVG win this one, and I actually don't think it'll be that close. I think probably about 6 3. For you, Gob? 
Gerwin wins. The Welsh version or the Dutch version? Which, which one? <laughs> the Dutch. Van Gerwen comfortably. 6-3. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm 6-3 six, six, somewhere around there. So from your selections and chat room as well, I would like your finalists and who wins, gentlemen. Who would like to go first? Um, I think I'll, I'll go first because um, I'm going to stand by what I said. I think I said the other night that we see a back-to-back winner and James Wade beats Johnny Clayton in the final. Job. I can't remember what I said the other night. You, you didn't like my prediction um, just because of what most of my predictions end up like. But <laughs> However, however just while sure we're on had- that... Last time I was on here, I did predict the finalists and the winner of the the women's WDF. So I'm going to take my chance while I'm on here. I did get one right. I think I had Johnny Clayton. I'm just not sure if it was against Wade or Van Gogh. I think you had Clayton to beat Van Gogh. And that's what I've got to get. Because Gob's gone with that, I'm just making a change of change of mind. Because I was going to go for that final, but when we go the same, it goes wrong, quite bad. Oh, please, Wadey wins. Yeah. No, I, I, no, I was the same as you, Gob. But yeah, exactly. So, but if it goes wrong, Sam's comes true, and I'm all over that. So <laughs> with that, I'm going to change my prediction for the semi-final. I'm going to go. Oh no, because I don't think that. Uh, no, I'm I'm with Gob. I think the final will be Clayton MVG. And I think Johnny nicks it mainly because he'll have the darts in the final. The fact they don't bull up, I think being in the top half of the draw, when you're if you if the person in the top half of the draw is playing well, it's a huge advantage. Because yeah, there's no pull-up. I, I really dislike not pulling up for a final. Like, I, I kind of get it in the earlier stages, but for the final, I, I'm all for, for pulling up. And do it on stage. It's, you think Johnny Clayton could have the throw in every game if he goes and wins it? Yeah. I'm not sure that's... It, that's right. Well, I, I, I don't mind it for the first round because you've kind of earned that position to get it. But It doesn't no. make any sense. Because normally, bullseyes no, are done. for the final. It should be just an even playing field and whoever wins the ball goes. I can't say it's pretty time because normally the players are... There's a reason the ball can't be done on stole two reasons. One, it can take forever, as we've seen in Pro Tours. 
And two, the unpopular one, the bookies need time to price the games up accordingly who has the throw. True. Where if it's done on stage and it's game on, they can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. But I do like watching a ball off though. It is it is fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um so chat room, what are you saying? Who wins night eleven? But boys, I suppose I suppose if one of Johnny, Peter, Wadey or MVG win this night. The rest, it's almost curtains, isn't it? I think, oh, yeah, there's still five weeks to go. So it's... 25 points for one player in particular, if they win all five. Unlikely, granted, but there is still an awful lot of points to play for. Yeah, I think more so if it's one of Wade or Wright, in that it's going to extend that, especially if the other one has a decent run as well because they could conceivably play each other in the final as well then that gap oh. to fourth place gets huge oh yeah if it's a price way final everyone below them has got huge problems yeah and the other players we've tipped to get there are clayton and van gerwin so we're already looking at it from that point of view that they are dropping off a bit but like i said mark smith joe cullen just need to start Picking into gear. Cullen's got right, then Price, then Van Gerwen in the next three weeks. I appreciate it's a Premier League, yeah. but to play three, two, and one in the world. Under, under normal circumstances, I agree with you. But playing one and two right now, maybe not the worst thing in the world. I think you'd right now, you would rather play one and two. Than Johnny Wade or Van Gogh. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. I would, I would much rather play either of those two right now because they are not in good form. Yeah, completely. Um. Right, a week in darts, boys. Have, have we missed anything? I can't think of anything that leaps off that we've missed. No, there's nothing, nothing jumping out at me. So, if that's the case, chat room is open, and we're going to have a decent chunk of question time. Unlike last week, where we went deep into Fergie time to fit it in. Um, uh, Johnny, we did that right at the start, buddy. Don't worry, we, we covered that one right. That was the beginning of the show. But yeah, you're right. Sadly, two legends have left us. Just um, whilst, the, whilst the questions come in. World Series. I know we spoke about it last week. Is there a case for players like Luke Humphries to be given a go? Somewhere. I mean, I'm not saying... The way, the way he's playing... Yeah, I, th I think there is. And he's certainly someone that... He has the advantage as well that he's very, very watchable as well. 
he plays at a really good pace and scores really well. It's, I, th- I think, yeah, I think there's a real good case to give him at least one. Are you on board with that gob or, or not? I don't think so. That's what the Grand Slam is, isn't it? Basically, you win something, you win that. Yeah, but you go back, that's what the World Series is about. Max Hopp had his chance. There's been a few that they've used the World Series to blood some of these youngsters. But the opposite, eight, not necessarily taking away the big names that we still have this narrative that they put bums on seats. Who, who are you generally dropping for Luke Humphrey? Because we're already talking about the fact Dimmy's only got two, Clayton's only got two, etc. I mean... <laughs> Who are you dropping? Um, because you're I super sixer and everything. You're super sixer and everything. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm giving them. I mean, there is a probably a glaring one, but <laughs> never you're thinking exactly the same as me. <laughs> Okay, then, should those six be in everyone? Yeah. Um, Fallon's is off of the agreement from the previous year. So she gets in the full tour, effectively. And look, you go in and there is the most marketable player in the world. And the other ones are on the... You have to give some advance notice of who's going to be there. Let these players get set, etc. And it would be harsh to not invite some on the premise that they might be in the top four and aren't in the top four. And the fact that that three, four and five is so close, they literally don't have a choice. See, I think they, I think Clayton deserves them all over Smith and Wade. Winning four TV tournaments last year, including the Premier League, I think Johnny deserves all of them over those two. Don't disagree. But at the same time, the PDC ranked all their tournaments properly, had set criteria, etc. Johnny Clayton would be top four with four TV title wins. His bank account looks great. His world rankings don't. True. And again, it's just more flaws with the PDC system, the way they build it up. When it... When the PDC first built the Pro Tour system and, and the qualif- and the ranking system and everything, it, it was very, very good. But as they start trying to attach more and more things to it, they bring in your World Series, your Premier League, your Euro Tours, your Challenge Tours, your Dev Tours, your Women's Series, your backdoor entries to the Grand Slam, backdoor entries and international qualifiers for the World Championships, your Home Nation qualifiers, etc. The current system just has too many flaws. No, I agree. I've, I've said for ages, I, I don't like... And also, the line at the top is, yeah, but we made the decisions. And it's just getting to a yeah. point now where 
as a sport and as an organization look you're already taken incredibly serious you are the second most watched televised sport in the uk collectively over the year you're growing in markets such as the netherlands you've got a massive deal with the zone already across a large part of europe that's probably only going to grow and if it doesn't then it's going to induce a massive cash injection to the sport anywhere else as a as a lead broadcaster because people want the rights to dance they just do there's going to be a massive massive battle for that the minute any sort of contract comes rolling around itv are gonna to have to put their hands in their pockets even further to keep the event safe but i think and it's just there's just gonna be a lot of money a lot of those decisions coming around and you have to have your regulations and, and everything in time can you look at the response to the super league in football could you imagine so 10 players well i suppose it's had a pc spawn but can you imagine PDC turned around and we're doing this because that's what we want to do. I was going to say, that's how the PDC was formed anyway, so that's probably a bad... <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see it happening again in... Can you not? In an era where right. it's so well so, For argument's sake, I'm going to use BT Sport as the one here because they're obviously the rivals to, to Sky, like back in the day, the BBC... BT Sport come along and go, like the Super League, to the top 10 in the world. I'm going to guarantee you this to come over and play in our tournaments. Do you not think they'd take it? No. Um, it depends what the figure is. And we're seeing it in, in golf at the moment with the... The figure's irrelevant in golf. The first player to commit to the Saudi tour is PJ ranked number 1,063. I know, but that's the thing. But it, we're seeing it in other sports. And there's certainly... There are a lot more conversations going on with players about it than people that are committing to it. And there's a lot of people having very serious discussions about it. The amount of money on the table is what at the end of the day, we'll speak to whether anyone would take that gamble or not. Right, so with the PDC... I would take that million, gamble or not. I don't know there's because... There's £15 million pounds in prize money available for the PDC across the year, correct? Yeah. So, say a Saudi-based, like you said, because that's where the money is at the moment, said, right, BT, we want you to run this, here's this, and they wanted... We'll go the 16 best as it was from the split the first time round. They said to the top 16 in the world, we will guarantee you £3 million a year for the next four years, come and play in our tournaments. You, I think every one of them would take it. Yeah. Or if they say if all of a sudden there's, there's £100 million on offer over the year between them to play for or whatever it is, you... You'd be stupid to turn it down at the end of the day. Yeah. But it's about... The the risk for me is, with that sort of tournament, and a little bit with what we're seeing in the Premier League at the moment, in that the standard hasn't been that good because there aren't any big games right now because everyone's playing each other every other week. If you dilute it to that sort of level and you haven't got... You haven't got Cinderella stories, you haven't got people coming out of nowhere to have a big run to the final... Like people like Martin Leakman this weekend, or Humphreys going and winning it, 
how long does that money stay there and, and when the com when the competition isn't as good as you expect it to be and that's the risk because it goes stale when you're playing the same clubs every week uh, the same oh yeah no, I, 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 I fully agree with you it does but I'm, what i'm saying is that at the end of the day money money talks and if the money is right yeah. the same as in any sport i think people will jump They will, and maybe, and maybe not all, but depending on who the ones that jump are, says to who else will jump as well. Yeah. You're telling me right now, if you look at golf, if, if Scotty Scheffler, Bryson DeChambeau, Tiger Woods all decide to jump to Saudi, all the other players, the top players, go as well. No, yeah, it's a, it's a dominant. It's a dominant, you know, once one goes, it's then easier for two, three, and four to follow. It's just that, it's that first one. To follow. You also have that ego thing where you look at footballers that are off a massive wages or actually take a step down, that thrive on being the top dog or, or carrying it forward. And I think you get that in darts as well, where not everybody would go. Look, especially with the age of some of the players now, they've got absolutely no intention of faffing around and moving around. They're comfortable, they're happy, they turn up, they throw their darts, etc. And you've just got the opportunity for someone like a Dimmy to stick around in the PDC and go, no, actually, I'm going to carry this organisation. I'm going to mop up everything else that comes underneath it. Yeah, but what's it worth at that point? If, if, the, rest, if the rest of the top 16 have gone, what's it worth winning anything in it? Look, Phil said it was guaranteed for what? Everyone's going to sit there and say... At you, some point, those players are going to need replacement. The minute you come up with a rival organisation, your current one's going to stick contracts or whatever in front of you. So then you can't leave for this one. If you do, you owe prize money back, etc. It's not wouldn't be the first time we've seen it. They lose no, all progression but... routes. The PDC just has everything you need to keep the sport growing and sustainable. Uh, chuck money well, at it, top four. If you can make 10, 15 million quid in three years, you don't need to play again. You don't need any progression. People want to play again, though. Short sighted to just say I want ten million, I'll piss off in three years' time. It is, but these are at the end of the day, it depends on driving and they can't go back. And if it doesn't take off, like you said, the games get boring if you only take the top sixteen, etc. There's no it will lose eyes on it very, very quickly. You think how many people stop watching the Premier League, etc. Then got to sell out arenas yeah, for it and everything out. Build up that pedigree and that 16. history. You can take the top 16, and then remember, anyone that hasn't got a tour card, you can then entice them to come and play as well. A bit yeah, like the WDFC. How do you prove you're at that level? That's what I mean, the Q school, etc. As much as we don't like it, and Challenge Tour, and Dev Tour, etc. All of those avenues well, you build cut a, off to you. You build a second tour, or you build whatever else you it might be, and you have these next players down playing no, it I'm, not, I'm not saying it's beyond the realms of possibility but I just do not see it being well, I'm not sure like it's somebody that's in the works or anything money that we might see capable as a global brand and just steal the top 16 best players just not sure it happened it'll be interesting anyway just, just just digressing um chat room what else have we got um should there be ranked more ranked TV comps then. Uh, yeah, 
way too many non-ranked. Yeah, I agree. I, I almost like it's the thing with the Premier. I know it's an invitational tournament, but at the end of the day, that's part of the thing that's not great about it. Is that it, it doesn't mean that much outside of just the pure cash of it. Um, so, yeah, uh, Johnny, um, Friday, I'm flying back on the early flight, mate. Um, Brock, um, yeah, the answer is I don't know. Just hates gingers. Standard. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's oh. it's all good. Um, four nil. Wow. Oh, we haven't got in yet. No, I was going to say, yeah. That's delightful. I'm not there yet. Hang on, I'm, I'm even further behind. <laughs> Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Oh, Charles gone doing? to bed already. <laughs> well, it, um. He made, it, he made it further this time than last time, at least. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Jay's tweet's interesting. We... Fulham are just getting promotion. He's just gone, commiserations to Fulham on their relegation. And congratulations to Norwich on their promotion, saving it for next season. Who's <laughs> put that out? Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Johnny says, did we, did we ever work out if the WDF was a continuation of the BDO or a new tournament? Uh, no, we didn't, Johnny. So many mixed messages over that, it was unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bob says, um, do you see more youngsters playing TV events or more older players? Um, I think it's. Still a balance and a split, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Look at what's the top eight right now? Fifty, late thirties, early thirties. Yeah, you put early thirties, late thirties. Gezi and MVG still in the younger bracket. Just yeah. Yeah. Well, the Gezi's not as old as he look, uh, not as young as he looks. Was he 36? I think it's one of them. It's still still young in darts at the end of the day, isn't it? He's, he's still got a long, only long time. Year behind James and yet we're looking well, at him as being relatively new how long and forgetting that James Wade is only a year older and could do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brock says, Phil, you said you always got chucked out of Lakeside. What was the story? Um, down to censorship. Um, pretty much. But can't have it both ways. You can't have the good good reporting without the bad. 
Um, do you think Bo Grease will be the best female dart player in years to come? She has the potential to be. She has the potential to be the best, one hundred percent. Yeah, raw talent-wise, she's got everything she needs. It's just whether it whether it happens from there. We've seen it so many times that it that it does, and so many times that it doesn't. And it's it's one of them. It's a flip of the coin sometimes. But in terms yeah, of absolute out-and-out out ability. She's she's got everything she needs. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, God, we want five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you what, the one the one thing I will say about that game right now is finally, in the eighty seventh minute of the game when they're getting absolutely pummeled again, one of the United players has at least come in and stuck one on someone and looked like they actually care about it. Yeah. Yeah, Nabby just goes straight through the top of the lingard. Um, and now we're all doing it. Don't get me wrong, the early stages of Lakeside was ropey. However, the standard towards the end was actually very good. The early stages of any world championship is ropey. Because you have international yeah. qualifiers, you have players that aren't traditionally on your tour. If it was just your top 32 players in the world, A, it doesn't have the, the sense of being a world championship, but B, your standard would go up. Oh, yeah, no, agree. Um, but, yeah, now, towards the end, there were some absolute gripping games. I loved it. Um, I'm very surprised Paula Jackman was allowed to play in the WDF world. Look, she she got the points to to, to qualify, so um, it's it would have been hard to say you can't play because she qualified for it. Yeah, agreed, boys. As much as her and her husband yeah. are an absolute stain on darting history, yes. Yeah, as much, yeah. It, there yeah. isn't. There's not much of a discussion about it. At the end of the day, if you qualify, you qualify. And also, if you don't let her play, who are you going to back to not win a leg? <laughs> Good point, my mate. That O two, that bookies must have lost an absolute fortune. Oh, completely, because they wouldn't give you it this time round. I tried to do a couple of requests to bets, and they wouldn't give you it. Oh, they not. Um, should the development tour um, have as much events played by now as the challenge tour this year? Um, no. I don't think it particularly matters. I don't think it particularly matters when they're played, as long as the events are played across the year. Yeah, but have a look at when they are. Are they clashing? No. The bulk of the development tour is played through the summer holidays. Because of the age. Because of the age. Because kids still need to get yeah. off school and travel on day, etc. You've got college students, uni students, etc. All within that age bracket. The most part, the PDC try and put at least two, maybe three of those weekends in your summer holidays. 
yeah, ruins your holiday. Right. But at the same time, if you want to play darts at that level, that's something you need to do. You get your latter one for your World Youth Championships heading into that weekend, etc. But yeah, you should normally get two, two of those weekends in your summer holidays. I think. That's fair enough. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. What the, the minimum age is sixteen, isn't it, to play on the Dev Tour? Yeah. yeah. Again, I, I I'd like a change to that. I, I genuinely think from whatever age the JDC starts, you let the JDC have until eighteen, and then the Dev Tour is eighteen to whatever. There has to be something because at the moment the Dev Tour is a shambles. When you've got yeah, card holders play and that, but I'm talking about the other factor. But it's going to be the same thing anyway. The minute you up that age bracket to an 18, all the Dev Tour does is teach young dart players how to drink in a PDC environment. Yeah, but if they're playing up until whatever age, uh, 18, on the JDC. They're not allowed to drink at a JDC event. There's no alcohol out in the building. No at all. But at the same time, the minute they step foot in Robin Park for the very, very first time as an 18-year-old, realise what everybody else is doing, they're going to get battered at least from 16. They're exposed to that environment for two years where they're physically not allowed to drink. If you've already spent two years playing on the Dev Tour and not drinking then you feel less pressure to go and drink from 18 plus because everybody else is doing it. I, I, as I've said, I, I'd like it banned full stop. I'd like you banned full stop. So would James Wade. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, I just think that sport is, is past it and it, need, it needs to be eradicated from the sport. Never going to happen. I know what you mean, but it's not going to happen, is it? I don't know. Yeah, cause it was in the other way, the IC moved off its banned substance list and everything, didn't it? It's only going to take something bad to happen at an event for the eyes of possibly. the world to be looking at the sport. Yeah, possibly. But I'd be more concerned about something else than alcohol. Well, yeah, there's always that as well. Um, I think that should have no, keep a heavy bait for. <laughs> uh, how are we doing, Craig? Hope you are good. Uh, Simon, yeah, they still ran the... Um, oh, both organisations are signed up to, is it UCAD or which, whichever one it is, there are, the, the testers can randomly turn up at any event at any given time. Mm-hmm. I think that might be why it's never been signed, Johnny. 100%. Yeah, that's why the... Oh, completely. The behind-the-scenes thing would be absolutely brilliant for it, but you can't 
spend all year finding players for being in view of alcohol, etc., as you try and clean up the image of the sport to then go and run a documentary where it's literally impossible for them to hide it. Yeah. Can we also, somebody get onto the DRA and have a word? It's nearly May and we're oh. still waiting on the back in the 2021. Oh, completely. Because I, 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 there's loads of cases that I know have been dealt with and I really want to see how some of them are worded. Yeah. So want to see it. Uh, Tommy, you can't release any of pint or unit limit on anybody because they affect people of different sizes differently. And B, you could have that within a venue, but that's absolutely not going to stop anybody turning up under the influence already. I mean, you could kind of police it in terms of if you breathalyze it like a... Bre- bre- breathalyze them on the way in. If they're over X, yeah. you're not playing. Go on. It's, not, it's, not gonna again, it's never going to happen, but you could police it that way. I, I genuinely think the standard would go up as well. Short term, there would be a dip, but long term, I, I think the standard would get better. Yeah, you know, look, there, there would be a dip, but long term, I think the standard would be better. No. Yeah, Players probably. would get used I, to it. Yes, standard, no. I, tr- I tried to play in the pub sober a couple of weeks ago. I had nothing to drink at all, and I was absolutely useless. Couldn't get outside. I couldn't get out of my own head. I just couldn't relax and let it go. But I assume that's the same thing we'd see on on stage for a while, and then. But over time, you get used to that more, and it would. I assume it would have that effect. I don't know if it would overly improve, but I think we'd see it go back up to the same level certainly after a bit of time. Yeah. Um, I've just looked on the DRA website as well. It's UCAD, the testers that the PDC use. I knew it was one of them. Yes. Um, so there we go. I think, boys, that's just about it. So I've enjoyed tonight. It's been good. Lots covered, which is always a good oh, thing. Rewatch that all over again. What a night. <laughs> oh, oh, Roy, Roy Keane looks happy. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for Gary Neville as well. He's gonna be, he's gonna On be ready commentary, to blow. Commentary after twenty-five minutes, he genuinely called the players a waste of space. Brilliant. Really? And he's not wrong, is he? <laughs> you cannot say that. I mean, I mean, he can, and and he did, and that's why we all enjoy listening to him, and why. As much as he's not someone that any of us particularly liked when he was playing the game, he certainly is probably the best pundit out there right now. Yeah. Well, to be fair, him and Carragher together are brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Everyone, thank you very, very much for your continued support. We'll be back to a Monday next week. It feels... Feels a bit weird having us on a Tuesday, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not quite the same, but it's not. It's not bad no. actually. To be fair, we we've, we've got through it, and now I can go and watch Derry Girls before I go to bed. 
Nice. Boys, absolute pleasure. Thank you very, very much. Remember, loads and loads coming up on our YouTube channel over the next seven days or so. So if you haven't, make sure you subscribe. The Fallout Bar will be back Thursday, probably with the two gentlemen either side of me, no doubt. Um, Would have thought so. It generally is. Generally, generally is. Um, but we have been on Nine Darts. It's been an absolute pleasure keeping you entertained for the last two hours or so. And we will see you all very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 